Hey, it is L.A. Lloyd, and today is the uh, fifth time to have Caleb Shomo from Beartooth to co-host The Rock 30. Uh, they're about to get into a big tour here, but uh, before they do, Caleb Shomo checking in and going to be hanging out with us for the next three hours while we count him down. Good to see you today, man. Yeah, good to see you, too. Great to be here. Excited to uh, have some stuff to talk about, you know? We definitely have a little bit of catching up since you were last here, and of course, um, the last time you were on the show was um, right about the time you released uh, your latest album, uh, Below. And of course, at the time we were talking about you, uh, you know, kind of gave me how this album laid out. Like most of the music was actually done uh, pre-COVID, and then you know mm-hmm. the lyrics kind of had to be done while you're in the middle of lockdown. So obviously. I mean, to ask the question what you were going through, we were all going through it. It was kind of a down time, but um, being put in that situation, I mean, obviously there was a lot of struggles just uh, that you hadn't encountered before, I take it. Yeah. I I mean, I think everybody, you know, had their fair share of uh, things they had to work through with COVID and all the crazy things that happened. But I mean, especially for people in the, you know, entertainment business or any really creative industry for the most part um, that, you know, was based around doing a live performance and being with people in a room, you know, the whole world shut down. So, uh, there was, there was plenty of material, plenty of things to work through and plenty of things to talk about. But yeah, I think at the end of the day, looking back, you know, it made for a very, uh, unique record, a one of a kind situation. The, uh, the thing that I'm trying to wrap my head around is, you know, you've got this music and, you know, obviously, Music has to kind of match with the lyrics, but I mean, it's two completely different times. So how was that, uh, you know, a a struggle to actually, you know, maybe take an up-tempo song when you're kind of in a dark place and and still make make the uh, the lyrics and the music all work together? Honestly, I think that's part of what makes this record so unique is that a lot of these songs lyrically and musically in a way don't make a ton of sense um i mean (laughs) like honestly you know there's songs that are very in your face heavy metal uh really thrashy that are really angry that makes sense but then you have you know more kind of like pop driven uh melodic songs that are really really dark and um just don't make a lot of sense but i think that's kind of the magic of the record and what makes it that kind of like once in a lifetime, once in a moment, kind of like timestamp situation of a record. Well, one thing's for sure uh, that you kind of discussed last time we spoke was, you know, the honesty that uh, you not only put out on this album, but all of your albums. And uh, I don't know if you had any anxiety or, you know, wondering if uh, fans might misinterpret or maybe even miss the honesty that you were trying to project in these lyrics. Because, again, I mean, this definitely came from an internal point of view there while you were kind of, you know, going through everything that we were, but still... Uh, you know, do you think the fans interpreted it the way that you were hoping they would? Yeah, I, I think they did. I think that's one good thing about our fan base is they really understand where I'm coming from and they understand that no matter what, I'm going to be as honest as physically possible. And that's the only way I can write Beartooth songs is just I'm writing about what I'm going through at that exact moment in time. And I think they really understand that and respect it. So, you know, as much as it is, yeah, a dark record and it's a tough thing to really process lyrically, they understand where it was coming from and that it was coming from a place of trying to get that stuff out of my system to be able to kind of move on. And then in turn, as a listener, it's like you're kind of interpreting that sense of trying to 
leave these things behind, you know? Right. Yeah. And I, I think that's what uh, really worked out well with our fan base. The thing that I will have to say, if there was something that we probably all shared together globally more than any other time was was during lockdown and during the pandemic. And and I, I know, again, you know, we talked about how you write in the things internally, but I was just curious, you know, have you got more of an empathetic approach? Because obviously it's kind of hard to take the whole world on your shoulders and and write what we all, what you think we all may be feeling. But have you found yourself to write a little bit more empathetic now that we've gone through a pandemic? Um, I will say the newer stuff I'm writing, I mean, to be completely honest, is still a very similar approach, but it's, I'm in a different place in my life. So I think... You know, and as society and as a world, in a lot of ways, we're in a different place than we were two, three years ago. Sure. So, you know, I, I think it's kind of reflecting that. And to me, this newer stuff that I've been working on, uh, I'm definitely not going to call it the polar opposite of below. I mean, it's not exactly sunshine and roses, but it's <laughs> there is a sense of hope and there is an understanding that we have moved on and that me personally, I have moved on from a lot of that stuff that I was dealing with. And it's kind of more about reflecting on that and understanding that we're past it. It's over moving forward and dealing with it instead of being in the exact middle of it. You know what I mean? Yeah, for sure. So I I take it the next album title will not be above. You're not quite there yet, right? (laughs) Not not quite. Uh, Not quite. Yeah, not that not that nail on the head, but uh, we're we're slowly getting there. Yeah. We're slowly getting there. Well, uh, you know, you, you've mentioned the the challenges that you went through, uh, you know, while writing this record, and and one thing that uh, you said in the last interview that kind of uh, stayed in my mind that I wanted to talk a little bit more about today was you mentioned the uh, creative slumps that you went through. So uh, when you went through that, I mean, obviously everyone gets uh, writer's block, but uh, I, I like the way you called it creative slumps. So what what did it take to kind of get through that to make all those songs finally come together? Whew, that's a great question. I honestly, <laughs> a lot of time yeah, <laughs> and yeah. and a lot of just pushing. I mean, for real, I was just such a, I was in such a, such a rough spot during a lot of that, that especially creatively. I mean, it was just, there was no inspiration. There was so little going on that I could really draw anything from, um, And, you know, thankfully, I'd written a ton of music before and it was more about finishing the lyrics and kind of really composing the whole thing as a unit. But again, I think that's also part of the sound of that album is that like this is what happens when I'm trying to make a record in the middle of a complete creative slump and in the middle of a pandemic and nothing happening and we don't know when we're ever going to play shows again. And, uh, you know, as weird as it is and whether that made things good or bad on the record, it made it unique. So, um, yeah, yeah, that, you know, it was to get through the creative slump. It was just trying to use it and just like understand that that's where I'm at right now. And that's all I've got to work with. So let's work with it and see what we can get out of it. I definitely think it came out great. Um, Obviously, we're not out of the pandemic by no means. But uh, as we mentioned Mm -hmm. at the beginning of the show, uh, you are going to be doing a lot of tour dates in the U.S. and Europe. So uh, Mm -hmm. have you and the band created uh, more of a different approach in regard to, say, the the COVID protocol so you can open up things a little bit more to be interactive with the fans or is it still, you know, you're kind of on your guard because, you know, the fall's coming and who knows there could be a brand new variant. 
Exactly. Um, we, we really have to take everything day by day. You know, we did a tour last year and it, it was in uh, like September and th- we were one of the first tours out. And it was, you know, I think it'll it was a lot different than it's going to be now. But then it was it was all about just following whatever the local protocols were yeah. and being completely respectful of that. And honestly, everybody who came to the shows was so cool about that. And they understood that, you know, we still got to do everything that we normally do on a tour. We just had to kind of change it up. So like we do a VIP thing that we take very seriously, right. that we we love to do that and to meet, you know, that anybody who wants to be a part of this um, we love spending the time with them and meeting them, talking. We take a picture, you know, whatever. We do the whole bit, and it's it's a really important thing to us. So we had to change that, and it was more of, you know, we all have to wear masks, and we have to kind of stay away from each other. But what we did instead was we did an acoustic show, which is something we've never really done for VIP uh, to the scale that we've done it. Right. And that's something that we're doing again on this tour coming up. Mm. That's super, super important to us is that – if you're going to be a part of that like VIP experience and you're paying the extra money to like get that extra stuff we're and, and we're in the middle of this kind of weird time where we're not exactly just standing there talking and, you know, hugging and taking photos, then let's make it worth the while. So it's just about finding ways to kind of do a little bit of shifting and like throw an audible and uh yeah, still make sure everybody is getting the best experience they can. Yeah, it sounds like in a way it's uh, kind of got all of us to, uh, to think out of the box a little bit. And, you know, maybe this may even turn out to be something cooler that you wouldn't have even thought about unless you were kind of forced into that situation. Absolutely. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. And and I really think that with this next tour, it's going to feel a lot more like normal. Yeah. I, I think there's been a lot more stuff put in place and a lot more work done by the venues and the promoters that um, it should be a lot more just kind of like the good old days. Yeah. But uh, we shall see. And again, it's just whatever <laughs> mandates there are, we're going to be OK <laughs> with that. But that's, you know, we're just going to go out and rock and do our absolute best to put on the most uh, kick-ass show physically possible. Well, I'm glad you brought up the good old days because that kind of leads me into my next question on your debut album, Disgusting. Uh, the final track is the song Sick and Disgusting. And I, I read a, a magazine article where this interview asked you about that song some time ago. And you said that um, I was very nervous to put that song out because it lets anyone who wants to listen to it know about a very personal part of my life, which makes me uncomfortable. Now, we're talking mm-hmm. the Caleb Shomo eight years ago. So uh, does that still kind of feel the same or, you know, uh, how does it make you feel when you hear that song today or if you even uh, decide to put it into the set list? Interesting. Um, you know, this is a great question because I haven't talked about this in forever. It has been eight years. Yeah. Uh, but Genuinely, I still think it's probably going to be the same way it was eight years ago that like that song still to this day, you know, I'm like, that was an incredibly personal moment. And I I did feel like it was something that for me to feel like I was doing justice to what I was trying to accomplish with Mm -hmm. Beartooth, which was like really getting all of my emotions out and just laying it down and just being completely open book. I had to do that. But I, I really don't think that's a song that'll ever be played live. Maybe someday, but I highly doubt it. Yeah. I, I really don't think it ever will be. And something I've learned as I have moved on and written songs that are also in, 
you know, still writing more incredibly personal songs and songs that are hard for me to revisit and hard to sing is that every time I've done it, I've always felt better afterwards. And I've always been glad that I did it as much as it might be weird for a listener to go through or for me to go through listening back or whether I just never listen to it again. um, It is something that's always been positive and it's always kind of helped me through something. So, yeah, it's gotten a little bit easier as the years have gone. Good. I read that you uh, like to uh, kind of put your hands in the uh, the producing side of things, if you will. Uh, so, with that said, have you are you involved in producing your own stuff, or have you worked with other bands that you'd uh, you know kind of like to be on the other side of the glass? Or how's that going for you? Yeah, I I love producing. I used to be way more involved with it um, in the early days of Beartooth and before Beartooth because I just had more time. But the busier we got meant the busier I was and the, you know, less time at home, less time to work on other bands music. But, you know, I'm always producing Beartooth stuff, which is great. But it has been nice that lately I have been able to produce a few things. Um, Nothing that I'm, you know, able to say names of who. But there have been some cool things that I've been working on, which has been really, really fun. And I am uh, uprooting from Columbus, Ohio, where I am now. Mm. Uh, to move to Los Angeles towards the end of the year in pursuit of being able to produce more right. and being able to have more time. So when I'm home, you know, when I'm home in Columbus, it takes so much effort. It takes, hey, can you know, I need to fly out there or <laughs> you need to fly here and get a hotel and blah, 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 blah. When in Los Angeles, most of the time, it's just, hey, do you got a couple hours? Come over and let's jam. Um, so, yeah, I, I definitely plan on producing way more stuff and hopefully have my name credited on a lot of records here to come. Well, you know, I'm I'm trying to put this in my head, you living in Los Angeles, because you seem more of an Ohio guy, you know, maybe flying through to Austin <laughs> or Nashville or something like that. But, uh, you know, yeah. here I am, a guy named L.A. Lloyd that kind of a, is a, a tongue-in-cheek kind of nickname because I'm from the East Coast, and once I moved back from L.A., I got this dumbass nickname, and I could be as far <laughs> from L.A. as you could possibly get. But uh, it worked yeah. out for me, so hopefully things will work out for you, too. Oh, I appreciate that greatly. Thank you. <laughs> well, the R work on your albums always seem to fit the mood of the album quite well. Uh, Do you work with uh, just one specific person on all your albums or do you go with a different person? And and, and what's the thought process of, you know, how the artwork will kind of lend itself to the uh, the sonic uh, version of the album, if you will? So we work with a company called Tension Division and they we started working with them on disease and they did below. Mm-hmm. And I assume we'll be doing most of our future ventures. Yeah. Um, but they're amazing. They're from Columbus slash Florida. Uh, and we they just get it. They really that's the only way I can put it is they just understand what I'm trying to do. Uh, and the way the process works is I just kind of talk to them about my visions and, you know, kind of the things that I think make sense. And I show them the music and more important than anything, just tell them what the music is about and explain it to them. Right. And then from there, they can just find a way to put it into amazing visual art and an amazing whole concept with, you know, whether it be what colors are being used and the, the logo and the, the whole thing. I mean, they're truly unbelievably talented yeah and it's an honor to work with them but yeah um you know i can only be so completely control freak (laughs) about 
so many things. Uh, I'll leave the album art to somebody else. Sometimes you just have to let it go, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, uh, unlike most of the lyrics written for Below, uh, some of the lyrics, uh, maybe not the entire song for uh, The Past is Dead, were written pre-lockdown, which, you know, you got this title, The Past is Dead. I mean, the the irony there of, you know, how it, <laughs> it seems like you could just look in this crystal ball and said, we got something major coming our way. But obviously yeah. that just is coincidental. But uh do you ever think about that? It's like, man, this is just really weird how this song was written pre-pandemic, pretty much, and how everything played out after that. It truly is a bit haunting. It's very <laughs> wild because, uh, I mean, you would think that that song is just absolutely written about the pandemic and yeah. just when in reality it was about my own personal life. But, yeah, it, it was just one of those things that I can't explain and that was just some wild phenomenon that uh, – there it was. But yeah, I, I mean, to me, that song has multiple meanings now. And it really just it was just like a bit of that weird, magical. It happened. And I don't know what it means. I'm not going to ask any questions. But uh, yeah, it was pretty wild. Yeah, it sure is, man. Uh, you did release four songs from below before it was released in June of 2021. And I'm just kind of curious, do you have a strategy when you, uh, you know, obviously you put out a, a song that was was good for the radio, but uh, some of the other is a little more heavier. Is there a strategy that goes behind it or what's the process of the pre-releases, if you will, before the official album comes out? Um, I think it is, it is important, you know, with just We've made a, re- a lot of relationships uh, with people at radio stations, and that's been an amazing thing for us. It's yeah. been a, it's been really helpful. We've made a lot of great fans. We've met a lot of great people. So we're definitely thinking about that um, while we're releasing songs, but also for below and it being, you know, pandemic, and it had been so long since we'd released new music. We just decided, let's just put out a few really interesting songs. Right. So we had. You know, Devastation, which was the first song that to me really felt like a really great representation of that record as a whole. I felt like it had the really heavy stuff. It had the more melodic stuff. It was fast. It was angry. We had The Past is Dead, which was, again, a super important song that was kind of, you know, the first thing that I really had like hunkered down and wrote for the record. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, people at radio seemed to dig it. So we were like, win, win. That's great. And then, yeah, we released Hell of It, which was just an absolute face melter. And uh, yeah, I I don't remember what the fourth song was that we put out, but it was maybe Dominate. I honestly don't remember. But yeah, it was just one of those things where like, why not? Like the record's going to be out in a short time anyway. Let's just give people some music and give them something to like at least have something brighten their day during this weird time that we're all going through. Well, uh, the one that you held back on is what we're uh, currently playing on the Rock 30, and that's your current single called Skin. So uh, before we uh, play this one today, uh, maybe set it up for our listeners and tell us a little bit about this track. Yeah, Skin is a super personal song and definitely one of my favorites on the record. Uh, I really tried to kind of push into some new directions musically, focusing on, you know, bass guitar riffs, which is something I haven't done as often. And then... Lyrically and vocally, it's just a very straightforward, honest song that's about, you know, me and dealing with self-image and dealing with who I am uh, physically as well as mentally, as well as my own relationship with myself, which I think a lot of people really go through. 
But uh, this is just a straight up look into my mind and look into what it feels like to be going through that sometimes, especially during the middle of a pandemic. And uh, yeah, enjoy. (laughs) Well, it's a great song and I anticipate it's going to be on the Rock 30 for several weeks and hope it goes straight to number one, man. Well, um, love it. One thing for sure, uh, it's been over two years since I think I've seen you face to face. So I'm glad to see that we have Austin, Texas as one of the stops on the upcoming tour here at uh, Stubbs. And uh, we're right in the middle of South by Southwest right now. So our city is turned upside down. So things Mm. should be back a little bit more normal by the time you get into uh, town here, dude. And I'm so looking forward to seeing this tour uh, and, and catch some of these new songs live finally absolutely better believe it we are playing what i think is our coolest set list that we have played we are bringing out all the stops the best show we have ever put on and the biggest show we have ever put on by a long shot that's awesome great lineup gonna be amazing cool deal man well thank you so much for being on the rock 30 again today caleb and uh, get the album below it's now available for you and uh, we'll see you in austin appreciate it lloyd thank you